Hi, everybody. This is Carol Hyman, Executive Director of Applied Mindfulness Training. Welcome to our podcast series, Turning Troubles into Treasures. In this episode, called Deep Dive Detox, we're going to explore how we can transmute the toxins we carry within us. And make no mistake, all of us carry our share of the human karmic load, and some of it is poisonous, into fuel to power our journey of waking up to our true nature. That's the best way to truly bring benefit into our own lives and into the world around us. A thousand years ago, a meditation master came up with some slogans to help people train their minds. One of those keeps coming into my mind these days. When the world is filled with evil, transform all mishaps into the path of Bodhi. Bodhi is a Sanskrit word that means awake, but awake in a deeper sense than the state of mind we contrast with sleep. Whether we know it or not, all our troubles and most of our trials, our mishaps, if you will, arise from an unseen realm that we have to learn to explore if we're going to awaken from the habitual conditioned state that breeds more suffering. Without training, the experience we have of our minds during our waking hours is generally a hodgepodge, an ongoing internal conglomeration consisting of play-by-play and color commentary on our immediate experience, rehashing the past and rehearsing the future, reacting to events around or within us, and making up stories to explain what's going on to ourselves and often later to others. In case you doubt that, let's do an experiment. Again, in this and all of our podcasts, when I guide meditation or contemplation exercises and invite you to spend some time reflecting on them, since we all process experience at different speeds, I will pause only very briefly for each part of the exercise. However, I invite you to set your own pace. Anytime I say something like, now pause, settle, and bring that to mind, or words to that effect, pause the recording for as long as you like. Please know that if you don't pause and actually do these exercises, you are the one who will be missing out on the satisfaction that comes from learning how to work with your mind. Okay, let's start exploring. First, to establish a baseline, for the next two minutes, try to stay completely present. Feel what it feels like to be in your body, in whatever space you happen to be in right now, and try to keep your awareness in the here and now. Just for this exercise, Don't pause the recording. I will time the two minutes.
Welcome back. I say welcome back for two reasons. One, I'm starting to talk again. And two, unless you have worked on training your mind before, odds are when I said welcome back, it brought you back from some thought or another. Because thinking is what our minds do, so incessantly that most of the time we hardly even notice. That's why it helps to have a particular reference point in the present moment on which to focus our attention. In basic mindfulness practice, the breath is often used, and that's what we'll work with now. As you probably noticed, thoughts are always with us, and when we walk around caught in them, we not only miss out on how vivid fully awake perception can be, we also fail to realize how thoughts color our experience of reality. The purpose of meditation is not to eliminate thought, because the ability to think to use concept to review the past, plan for the future, and imagine things that don't yet exist, gives us enormous creative power. However, that power is squandered when discursive and distracted conceptual thoughts seize control of our awareness. Instead, the purpose of this meditation is to learn how to recognize when you are caught up in thought and to cultivate the ability to bring your attention back to the present moment. You can think of this as strengthening your mindfulness muscle. Simply noticing the difference between being involved in thinking and being fully present lets you start choosing how you want to spend your attention. A few general tips which apply as you listen now, but even more so when you practice on your own. Find a quiet, comfortable place to sit. This could be a cushion on the floor or in a chair with your feet flat on the ground. If you like, set a timer. Ten minutes is good to start, although if you can't manage that, even five done regularly will begin to help you meet your mind and strengthen your mindfulness muscle. It's good to keep your eyes open with a slightly downward, soft, or unfocused gaze, at least some of the time. The reason being that we live our lives with our eyes open, and meditation is not a retreat from life. Keeping your eyes open helps mindfulness more easily permeate the rest of your day. All right, let's begin. Begin by settling into a comfortable position. If you're on a cushion, you can cross your legs on the floor in front of you. If you're in a chair, sit forward with your feet flat on the floor. Try to sit up straight without being rigid. Have a strong back and a soft front. Let your hands settle naturally on your thighs. And don't be afraid to adjust your position as you go. Meditation is not an endurance test. Now bring your attention to what it feels like to be sitting in this particular space, in this particular body, at this particular moment. Allow yourself to feel your weight on the cushion or chair. What do you notice? What physical sensations do you feel? Maybe there's tension somewhere in your body. Or you might notice sense perceptions, a nearby sound, or the temperature in the room. Whatever you notice, just allow your attention to be on the simple experience of being present in your body right now. Once you've settled, see where you notice your breath most clearly. Where in your body do you feel it? 
For some people, it's in the rising and falling of the chest or abdomen. For others, it's in the sensation of breath as it passes through the nostrils. Wherever it is for you, spend some time simply noticing the breath as you inhale and exhale. Now, what's bound to happen is that thoughts will arise, and at some point you'll notice that you've forgotten all about your breath. That's fine. That's actually the whole point. Learning to notice when we are thinking and then coming back to the object we've chosen, in this case, the breath. In fact, actually, the moment that you notice you've been thinking, you're already back in the present. So that is the practice. Starting out, noticing you've gotten distracted, and redirecting your attention to the breath over and over again. With gentle persistence, and until your timer goes off or you otherwise need to stop, although it is a really a good idea to sit for the whole amount of time you set for yourself, just keep coming back. This is also a practice in patience. So now I invite you to decide how long you want to do this. Set a timer if you want, and start training your brain, meeting your mind. Remember, Take a comfortable upright posture, settle down and bring awareness to your breath. And whenever you notice your mind wandering, come back to the breath. You can make a mental note thinking if it helps you to notice and set your intention more clearly. Please pause this recording and begin practicing for as long as you like. The practice you have just done establishes the ground for all the contemplative development we'll be offering throughout these podcasts. By seeing your mind, how it is always moving, and how it always eventually comes back to the present moment, you develop the ability to relax into the basic nature of your mind, the wakeful presence that lies behind that never-ending and ever-changing thought process we so often mistake for ourselves. I say mistake because with training, we come to realize that rather than being the solid, separate selves we've taken ourselves for, indeed that our storylines insist on, the only truly reliable continuity in our experience is the wakeful presence that underlies all the changing content. We're aware that we're aware. And then we're off in thoughts again, seeing, seeing that process and learning how to come back more quickly and rest more consistently in wakeful presence introduces us to a profound human capacity most of us don't even know we have. What that is, is our ability to gain access to the unseen field out of which our world arises. Science calls the part of that field it recognizes the electromagnetic field, and it's something we rely on every day, and even more so now in the era of Wi-Fi. But what science doesn't recognize yet is how it intersects with and colors human experience. Because even though it's invisible to our physical eyes, that energetic realm can be apprehended with our inner senses, and our hearts and minds are always interacting there, whether we know it or not. Furthermore, we actually influence that field for better or for worse. We often reflect this in conversation when we say something like, he has great energy, or it was a powerful experience, or 
the tenor of the evening shifted in that moment. We're acknowledging something, however casually, that is our awareness of the space that on its deepest level of human experience, Carl Jung called the collective unconscious. Once we learn to discern and navigate that territory as it intersects with and manifests in our sensations, emotions, and thoughts, we can act as energetic filters, rather like purifiers of the energetic atmosphere, with the capacity to clarify toxic tendencies and remove them from the collective unconscious. Human beings are vehicles, like it or not, and while we may not get to choose what part of the human karmic load we carry, we do get to choose what we do with it. If we train our minds, we can leave the collective unconscious a better place than it was when we woke up. Bodhi type woke up, I mean. Those recurring thought patterns that we spend so much time with and that we can come to see more clearly through mindfulness practice reflect our inner constituency the habits, patterns, and tendencies that we could think of as passengers on our vehicle. Some of our passengers are laden with baggage. Some of them hijack our vehicles from time to time. If we are going to transform mishaps, we need to get to know who's on board and if they're dangerous, that is, if they cause us to harm ourselves or others. We need to meet and disarm them. To do that, we have to start identifying more completely with wakeful presence. It's the only reliable ally we have in the task of turning troubles into treasures. If you work to establish mindfulness as a practice, you will start to get familiar with your passengers, many of which you won't like. That's okay. Wakeful presence can accommodate everything that's on board, and the part of you that doesn't like the other parts is just another passenger to make friends with. It's slow going, but little by little, bit by bit, you'll find that you're less inclined to fight with the world. Here's a little poem about that. People find ourselves fighting and feel that we must. After all, if we don't, there goes freedom and justice or all that is decent or simply clean air. So we fight just to prove that we really do care. But the picture we got once we got off the ground of one luminous ball, blue and white, green and brown, makes us realize that we're all in the same boat and the business of keeping that vessel afloat falls to all of us. And so with that fact in view, human vehicles need a perspective that's new one that's vast enough to see the ground of all things, radiating compassion, which knowing that brings, and appreciating every tiny detail that we meet on our beat as we travel life's trail. But to gain such an outlook, we'll first have to pay heed to more than our own little parts in the play and ask, whence came this script and the sets and the props we've been holding in hopes that our part never stops? Then we might find delight and relax on the stage that accommodates dramas of every age. So come on, come along. It's the future we're spinning. And where do we start? Of course, at the beginning. That beginning starts when you resolve to wake up from autopilot, from the discursive fog of fixed ideas in which it seems easier 
to complain and blame others than to take a good hard look at what you might be carrying with you. Then, having resolved, you do something about it. You make the time and space in your life to sit for at least a few minutes every day and by practicing mindfulness, see what's on board your vehicle. That is how you transform mishaps to the path of Bodhi. Maybe by this time you've begun to suspect that deep dive detox isn't going to be completed in the course of a single podcast or even a series, and you'd be right. It's the work of a lifetime. But that's what you've got, a lifetime, however long it will turn out to be. Please don't waste it. I hope the information and tools in this podcast offer a bigger perspective and are helpful to you. For other ways mindfulness can help bring benefit into your life, visit AppliedMindfulnessTraining.org where you will find additional exercises, blog posts, and other tools to help you turn troubles into treasures. Thank you for listening.